0: Welcome to PCA one-on-one positive coaching alliances podcast series where we talk with leading experts about how to develop better athletes better people through sports and now here's your host Jim Thompson PCA founder and CEO.
1: Uh, Very excited today to welcome Brian O'Connor to the PCA one-on-one podcast interview. Uh, Brian is the head baseball coach at the University of Virginia. He uh, been there since uh, 2004. He's recognized as one of the top college baseball coaches. Uh, 13 NCAA appearances, a national championship in 2015. He's been uh the ACC coach of the year 5 times, the national coach of the year 3 times. Uh third highest winning percentage of any current baseball coach. 69 of his players have been selected in the major league draft. Um and has a reputation for not only being successful on the scoreboard, but doing things the right way and uh, creating really strong culture. Brian, thank you for uh, taking the time to be on this interview with me.
0: Well, Jim, thanks so much. It's a, it's an honor and I'm humbled to be invited. Uh, what a great organization the Positive Coaching Alliance is, and I'm excited to get a chance to, to talk a little bit today and, and share some ideas.
1: You know, one thing I, I, I did – forget to mention that is that um, your players uh, do very well in the classroom as well. Uh, that uh, your your program has been uh, recognized by the NCAA for academic progress rate scores. So you're, um, you're what we call a double goal coach focusing on <laughs> trying to win on the scoreboard and then also uh, helping uh, athletes learn life lessons from sports. Let me start out by by um, Talking about uh, culture, um, you had a quote uh, in an interview I read that I really liked. It's, um, I'll just read it. It's when, This is when you have something really special. When the veteran players are telling the younger guys, quote, that's not the way we do things around here. It's so much more effective coming from their mouths than from the coaches. And mm. that's exactly the definition we use for what culture is. Culture is the way we do things here. Um Tell me a little bit about how you think about culture and how you help uh create a culture for your team
0: well first jim i'd I'd say that um you know this is a this is a hot button topic now in, in sports, you know talking about you know what kind of culture do we have in our organization and and because I think everybody started to uh realize that just really how important it is i mean t- talent is obviously very valuable in the equation to ultimately have success as a as an organization no matter what sport it is and and really even in business it's how important it is talents important but you know having the right culture in your organization I think is what really takes you to another level and most importantly Jim I think it it has so much to do with you sustaining success you know people can in the sports world they can have you know they they can jump up and have success in one year or two years but you know it's very very difficult i believe to sustain a, a high level of success over a long period of time unless you you know you have this this great culture in your organization and i think certainly it starts from from the leadership in the organization and you know and in, and in, in, our, in our case our our, our coaches you know, set the tone through you know, it even starts from recruiting and the type of individuals you bring into your organization. But once you bring those individuals onto your onto your team, it's it's the development and the philosophy of what the culture is. And you know, once it's set and you have success with it, and the players, you know, understand and you know, believe the the, the important details of to to have success and to do things the right way. You know, that quote that you speak of of it, it being passed down from player to player is truly, I believe, when you have something really, really special. Because well, in, in college athletics, we're dealing with young student-athletes that are 18 to 22 years old. And what a very important, valuable age to teach so, so many lessons to. But you know, if you're standing in front of them as a coach and as a leader, and you're just preaching to them day after day, uh, they're, they're, they're kids. They're young people that that can grow old and stale to them. And I I just I'm a really big proponent believer in them taking ownership as the athletes and them teaching each other. So you know when you have good leadership and they understand when they come into the program and they grow through the program, them being able to pass it on to the, their their teammates and and most importantly, Jim is to hold them accountable to what that that culture is and and how we do things in our organization. When that happens, I think that we, you know, we really truly have something really special to build on.
1: I um I um moderated a panel quite a few years ago with Mark Mark Markowitz, uh the baseball coach at Stanford who's been here many years and won several national championships. This this he's announced this is his coming seasons, his last season, and, and one of the things he said is, uh, one of the questions was uh, to this panel was, how are athletes different than they used to be? And one of the things he said is, it used to be that if the coaches weren't around, the players would, you know, somebody was screwing around, one of the other players would say, hey, you know, knock it off. And now that college students don't want to, they don't want to be in a situation where they're telling their peers uh you know criticizing their peers uh i assume that's um that preference to not have to criticize your peers is similar f- for cavalier players as it is for the cardinal players um how do you, how do you get them to uh how do you create a climate so that they actually will say hey knock it off that's not the way we do things here
0: well coach marquez is exactly right about that um you know, over the years, that's that's become more and more challenging. And, you know, I, I, Jim, what, what I try to do is to spend time and to teach players through subtle ways of what is the right way to do that. You know, and it doesn't have to be confrontational. It doesn't have to be, you know, in a, you know, in your face kind of, hey, that's not the way we do it. It, it can be in a one-on-one, you know, veteran player Pull a player aside and in a more of a teaching kind of environment. That hey, if you want to yeah. be successful at this level, at the highest level, this is how we we do things, and this is how it needs to be done. And it doesn't have to be a in a confrontational type of way. It can be more of an a an educational way. And I and I think that's that's the way the majority of young people grow up. Nowadays, you know that it's 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 not confrontational. It's more of a teaching kind of a, a development kind of environment, and and in in most cases that that happens to be the best way. And so, I think you have to take time as a leader to uh, to try to teach and educate those that you know that can impact others in, on your team the the right way to handle those things. That said, Jim, we all know that it's very difficult to do. Uh, there's only a small handful of players in an organization that can actually do it. And so those are the ones that you need to lean on that uh, are the ones that need to, you know, drive the ship to ultimately have success.
1: Yeah. Um, do you have uh, – you mentioned about even even when you're recruiting players or considering whether you want to recruit them or not, uh, you know, setting some expectations – uh do you have um do you have a, a an initiation i, w- I want to tie this also to a real problem in high school and youth sports which is hazing of new players mm-hmm. um do you have any kind of initiation uh yeah. you know positive initiation to uh officially welcome new players onto the team?
0: You know, um, certainly the first day. I, I, I spend the first three or four days that we're together in the first semester. That that all the players are here. The, the 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 new players arrive. The better players are here, and we we take the time at the beginning of the year, Jim, to to go back over and cover the basics again at the beginning of every year. And those those players that are third or fourth years in our program. They've heard these things for three or four years, but it's important that they continue uh, to hear them again. And, you know, I I, I tell the team every year that, you know, I don't believe that first years in the program are treated any differently than somebody that's been in the program three, four, or five years, that we need everybody in the organization. So we don't have – I've never believed in any kind of system where rookies in the program are – treated a certain way or they have to do certain things because they're new players in the program. We need everyone. And the reality is whether they're 18 years old or 22 years old, they've been the program for one year or four years, they're all competing for the same spots and they're all given the, the same opportunity. I've never been this believer that you know because you've been around for a couple years, you have seniority and you get to treat other people differently that are younger than you are. And I think that's a really important part of our culture that we have here, and and that we, you know, I, I use the word a lot. Jim is respect, you know. And I, I I think if in our country, take sports out of it, in our country, if we valued the word of respect more, I think we'd be in a lot better place, and we'd have a lot less issues. So I, I talk a lot about you know, respecting each other who who whether they're eighteen years old or twenty two years old, they're whether they're, they're new or a veteran player that um respect each other for how we go about our business, what we stand for, how we work and and you know, and to earn each other's respect. So um, uh, you know, I, I, I have the, the new players spend some time introducing themselves when they when they first uh, get here to to the veteran players and talk a little bit about who they are and where they're from and what are some things that maybe we need to know about you and things. And I, I think that's an important part of initially getting acclimated to a new situation. And, and the reality is to try to get them to feel comfortable around their new surroundings and who their new teammates are. You
1: know, one of the realities of, um, I mean, I think a lot of people think, wow, wouldn't it be great to be a a college baseball player or a professional basketball player? But um, I I always think the, those are very tenuous situations because you could be working really hard, you know, and getting playing time and doing well. And then boom, a a freshman comes in who's more talented than you are. Um, Do you have any, any, um, Any ideas about how you help older players um, welcome kids who come in who actually may be better than them and may take playing time away from them?
0: Well, that's that's a great question, Jim, and it's and it's challenging because you know we're human, we're all human, and we all have feelings, and we all you you know it's natural to start to believe because you've been around, you've been somewhere for a while that you deserve opportunity and um, certainly as time goes by and and the years pass by we we have more wisdom we have more knowledge we're we're better players because we're a little bit older and we're better players from from experience but you know I I I talk about and share with the guys a lot that it's, it's 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 part of their responsibility and their contribution to their teammates in this program to to help the younger players and you know in the end they might be better but um that is going to ultimately push that veteran player to be the best that he can be if we continue to bring in players that are going to challenge them for for playing time and it's just it's this thing that you know we earn things you know we're not given because of our age or our seniority that we're if you're constant, I'm just a big believer that if you're constantly feeling like you have to earn something, that you have to prove your value to the organization. Ultimately, you're going to be the best that you can be, and you know I, I'm a big believer that things have a way of working out. And if you deserve to continue to have the opportunity, and you work hard, that you know it's it, it, it's it's gonna it's gonna work out. And you know just to encourage them to continue to have the uh, the, the the right attitude about it, and the and the reality is, Jim, if if, if a veteran player has similar ability to the young player, they're probably going to have a leg up just because they do have experience and they do have knowledge yep. that the young person hasn't gained
1: yet. You know, we have a a concept uh, we call double vision. And uh, it comes from the, the notion, and this is actually something I learned very late, like just a few years ago, that great teams are a combination of cooperation and competition. <clears throat> and the so double vision is, the idea there is that you um, you are doing everything you can to um, compete and, and win the starting position, um, so the comp- com- competitive piece of it. Uh, but at the same time, you want the team to win. So, you know, during the week, you're working really hard. I want to be the starting first baseman, um, not him. Um, and then the decision is made. The coach says he's the starter uh, next week. Then you flip into what can I do to help him so our team uh, is successful. And I really think that's that is um, that's an aspect of a person. That makes them successful in life. I mean, we all want people on our team who are going to going to help make us better. Um, but like I said, that that notion that we got to compete as hard as we can during the week, and then when the game comes, we got to turn it, turn it around and and help the person who's taken our our um, our playing time away to be successful. If the team's going to be successful.
0: Well, that, that that's that, that's exactly right, and I and I love that, Jim, because you know in in college athletics that's what we're that's what we're dealing with i mean we we're, we're trying to teach young people life lessons that are going to be valuable for them moving forward whether it's to be a father or a mother or a teacher or whatever it is you know that they have planned for the rest of their life that they can make a positive contribution to society moving forward and and that's you know everybody likes to win and winning, winning uh, there's there's value in that and it's important and I, and I understand but uh, we're we're making young men and women successful to be make positive contributions out there and so those lessons that they have the opportunity to learn through competition, through cooperation, through playing on a team, is so, so valuable. And that's why I believe why you see these athletes out there being ultra ultra successful in the business world or whatever it might be in other competitive environments is because they've learned through being on a team the sacrifice and the dedication that it takes, the competitiveness that it takes, but also it's the understanding of of. A role that I might have on a on a particular team, and that might not always be to be the star player or the or the leader or the captain of the team. And some of us just need to be good soldiers. And there's value in 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 learning and understanding that as well. So, um, uh, you know, I, I think that cooperation piece is really important. You want them to remain competitive. You want them to be disappointed that it's not them. But then in the end, if we're going to have the best experience, we can possibly have, we have to understand that there's a decision that has to be made. And what I try to do is is try to spend a lot of time on a uh, from a baseball standpoint. You know, there's there's a there's a lot of different roles that players can play, Jim, on a baseball team to to have success. It might not you might not be the starting shortstop. You might not be the starting center fielder or the starting pitcher. But you might be that left handed reliever that comes in out of the bullpen and just gets left handed hitters out or that pinch hitter and you can have different roles. And I think, you know, trying to identify the player's roles and get them to understand the value of that in the team success, I think is really important in the developing that team dynamic every year.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, I noticed uh, that you um, coached under Paul Manieri. Uh, Am I pronouncing that right? Manieri? Yes, you are. Yes. Um, at Notre Dame and he now, you know, for a bunch of years has been the head coach at LSU. And, uh, one of the tools that we, sh- we share with coaches and athletes is to have a mistake ritual. When you make a mistake, um, you know, you, I, I like to say that a mistake is like a time machine. It takes you out of the moment into the past and you're beating yourself up. And, and I know they, um uh, uh, LSU Tigers have, have used a, like a flushing mistake. Do you, um, do you use a mistake ritual and in a larger way how do you help players deal with the pressure of big games
0: you know we don't um we don't use a mistake type ritual or anything like that that um we have the players do i mean i know that started to become over the last 5 or 10 years something that a lot of teams on uh, different levels and different uh, sports have, have have taken on um, you know what uh, what we do, Jim, is I, uh, you know I, I talk to the players a lot in different scenarios about how how they handle failure. You know, and how they handle in this game, in every sport, in every game, it's critically important how they handle failure is is so important. But in, in, in the sport of baseball. It is of the, uh, the utmost importance. I, there's there's not another game, at least to my knowledge, that is played out there, another sport that is played, that the failure rate is so high. And, you know, I, I talk to the players. I tell every camper that comes to our camps, all the young players, that, you know, how they handle failure in this game is ultimately how I believe that they'll be judged. You know, the the, yeah. the player that feels sorry for themselves that – they didn't get a hit, or they didn't do a job. And in, in, in this game, you you always get another opportunity, and you get another at bat. You know, you play the next day. You have three more at bats, and how they handle the failure in this game is is so so important. You know, and so I I talk to them a lot about it. I you know we you know we you know in, in individually try to spend time with them at different uh, points. On on how to handle it we talk a lot about body language you know uh, it's uh, I clearly pointed out to them when you know they they don't show the proper body language and their reaction to things you know how important that is and so uh, we don't necessarily have a a mechanism uh, but it's certainly something that is at the forefront of our thoughts and how we handle it and how we we deal with it but we do do from a practice standpoint, we do try to put them a lot of situations, whether it be our conditioning program that we have we train with or you know, every day with our practice of putting them in situations where they are challenged, where they are gonna deal with disappointment and fail failure to help them to learn on how they're gonna react to it and how they're gonna come back. And um you know, those are those are concepts that, you know, I was fortunate enough to spend you know, nine years with Paul Maneri at Notre Dame and, and worked under him. And, and what an unbelievable leader he is of young people and uh, just an organized, terrific coach that makes such an impact on young people. And how I handle our players on a day-to-day basis from that standpoint are all things that, um, you know, I learned from him over the years. And, you know, he's he's been my mentor in this game and somebody that I – I still talk to multiple times a week and bounce ideas off of
1: you know um the 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 concept of mindfulness <clears throat> has become a little bit of a hot topic in sports also um Charlie Marr, who is the sports psychology guy for the indians uh really uh really stresses that and and it's even with Steve uh, Kerr and the Warriors, it's even one of their four values, joy, mindfulness, compassion, and competition. Um, and you, in, one, in one of the interviews I read with you, you said, we don't talk a lot of, about goals. It's it's more of a day-to-day thing. And uh, I think that's kind of shocking for some people because I, I think a lot of people, coaches and and Others, it's like you got to set your goals. You got to keep your eye on the goal. And I'm curious. Um, I'd, I'd love to hear you talk about, you know, how you think about goals and and staying in the the day to day moment.
0: Well, d- don't get me wrong. In that in that quote, goals are important. Okay, but I just think it's. I've always believed that it's really important how we set those goals and what kind of goals do we talk about. You know, we don't we've been practicing together and we've been together with this year's team for four months now. And we have not talked about winning a national championship. We have not talked about getting to Omaha, you know, and I, and I think when you, st- when you blast those things out there and you talk to, about those things and say, that's the goal, okay, there's going to be one team out of 300 division one college baseball teams that makes that goal right and i and i think it's so important, Jim, that we feel good and positive about what our accomplishments are, okay? And if we do the things, our goals that we talk about in our baseball program are the goals that we try to accomplish on an everyday basis. And i know that if we work to strive to accomplish those on an everyday basis, on how we go about our business and what our attitude is going to be like, what our approach is going to be like every day of practice, and and did we accomplish that today or did we, did we give today away? Mm-hmm. Having those goals on an everyday basis, I think, are, are those all build up to ultimately make our team what we are. And, you know, if we take care of the day in front of us and then the week in front of us and the season in front of us, then at the end of the year, if, if we do that, we will have an opportunity to accomplish greatness but i just think it that i'm a big believer that if we're if we're measured every year by winning the national championship uh, there's going to be a lot of baseball programs that are going to feel like their season is a failure year after year do i want to win every game absolutely you know uh, but what i want to make our players about is what does it what goes into winning that game what goes into having an opportunity to win a national championship let's make sure we take care of that so we give ourselves the best chance for that to happen so we do set goals um but they're not they're not the big final goals And, um, you know, we talk about what it takes to get to the College World Series. We talk about what it takes to win that time at that time of the year. But in no way do I want our young men to be measured by whether they accomplish that end goal or not. I want them to be measured by, you know, how do they go about their business every day and to make their team the best they can possibly be.
1: We have a, that's really lovely, thank you. We have a a notion of, or a goal really, of what uh, youth sports should be producing for our society. And I think if you think about what does our society need from high school and youth sports, and I would say college sports as well, uh, it needs players who elevate the game, who make the game better by the way they compete, and then they graduate and become citizens and Make the society better, and so we have a, a a model we call the triple impact competitor. Make yourself better. Make your teammates better. Make the game better by the way you compete. <clears throat> um, and I was thinking about you've got you've got so many great players who have gone on to do great things. But um, when I look at Ryan Zimmerman, for example, who's now playing with the Nationals, and Dusty Baker, the the manager of the Nationals, is a uh, a former winner of our Lifetime Achievement Award and on uh, our National Advisory Board, and a big supporter. Um, when I think about Ryan Zimmerman, uh, I think of someone who uh, fits the, that model of triple impact competitor: making yourself better, making your teammates better, making the game better by the way he or she competes. Uh, any reaction to that, uh, that that concept, and specifically around Ryan or other players that you've that you've had?
0: Well, it brings a smile to my face quite frankly jim that that you bring him up, and when you talk about those three things, you know you yourself, your teammates in the game better, and that certainly depicts ryan Zimmerman you know um I was fortunate to have coached him for two years here at the University of Virginia and has went on to have a a great career but not only was he a great player here and a great player is, is a great player in the Nationals uniform, you know he he's one of those guys that that makes the people around him better, like you talk about, and he makes the game better. You know he's he's involved in his community, he's involved in this community, he's involved in in, in many many things, and he feels fortunate and blessed to have had the opportunity that he has. And he's doing everything he can to make others around him the best that they can he can be in this situation that the best that, that it can be. So um, you know, it it makes me very, very proud that you, you you bring his name up. And you know, those those are the people that um that change the game, that, that that make the game the best that it can be. Those are the people that 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 young people see and parents see and say you know, I I want my son to be like that someday. And I want him to not only be a great player, but I want him to be able to impact his community and get a broader wide scope understanding of what this is, is, is all about. And so Ryan embodies that. I mean, when he was here at the University of Virginia, he clearly was a great player here and he made himself the best player he could be, but he made other people around him better. He he raised the bar at the University of Virginia for its baseball program here and, you know, and, and changed and changed the game. And so, you know, it's uh, those are the, those are the people that, that we need to hold up. The Ryan Zimmerman's, the dusty bakers of the world that, you know, spend time to give back to the game of baseball, spend time to, you know, really understand and appreciate the, the opportunity that they have. And, and the opportunity to make their teammates and those that are around them in the game the best they could possibly be. So, um Ryan was that that guy he 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 was fun to coach and he was fun to be around and and I can imagine, you know, Dusty's and you know enjoying being around him as well.
1: Brian, this has been great. I got one one last question for you. Um <clears throat> one of the things that you said in an interview was you feel like you're always learning and um you know i've noticed uh sometimes as people get older and more experienced uh we tend to feel like well i've been there i know it i i know everything i need to know uh we talk about the concept of having a teachable spirit uh, encouraging players to you know you know cultivate your teachable spirit to be like a sponge uh Sock sop up everything you can, they'll make you better. How do you keep uh, a teachable spirit? How do you keep learning uh, when you're doing the same thing in a way? I know it's different. You've got different players and different situations. But um, how do you maintain that, that learning spirit?
0: Well, I, I just I, – I'm a huge believer that um, when you start thinking that you have the answers in whatever – it is that you do you know you're you're going to get passed by and the the game changes the situations change every business changes every sport changes every culture that we're involved in is is ever changing and if you don't keep your eyes open and your ears open to what's around you and what people are saying and new opportunities and new ways to teach you know the the, the young people change year after year and the environment to teach in now, teaching an athlete now, is so different than it was 20 years ago. And if, as a coach, if you don't learn how to adapt, now, I'm not changing my core principles that I believe in, that I believe young people need to learn in our program, but how we're teaching, maybe we say it a different way, maybe there's different things that we do that, we can get their attention better now. Those are opportunities that we need to continue to learn. And if you sit around and feel like you have things figured out and we've had success and that we're going to do it this way until the end of time, I I, I think that you're going to be disappointed. And we owe it to the young people that we teach to continue to learn and get better and sharpen our saw because there is new ideas out there and there is other ways to, to to have success. So personally, you know, I try to do the best that I can to keep an open mind, to listen to new people, to always have conversations with coaches out there, to to read and learn about how we can adapt and we can be the best that we can be. And and, and this, but for the player nowadays, Jim, this is a challenge, right? Um, it's it's interesting because. A, a young person in whatever sport they're in, they can open their phone, they can get on YouTube, they can do whatever they want, and they can, they've can they got thousands of coaches out there now at their disposal, right? And everybody believes that they have the right way for swing mechanics or pitching mechanics or to field a ground ball or whatever it is. So there's so many different opportunities for out, for debate out there of what, is the right way to do it. So, it's it's important to engage your young people from a teaching standpoint that you know, they might not always agree with the way things are done, and that's that's a real real challenge out there I believe in coaching because if you search hard enough for it, you can find people that will agree with you that the way that you want to do it. And right. to get them to learn and understand that there is a lot of different ways to have success but this is the way that we have to do it in order to be and to be successful at this given moment at this time of their development as a baseball player
1: yeah i think the you know the great thing about coaching is um it's not a cookbook thing it's not just mm-hmm. here's a recipe and you do it the same way every time that's what i think what what hooks us all on coaching and we want to stay with it cuz it's always uh, exciting Brian, um really want to thank you. This has been a fantastic interview and uh, thank you for taking the time to share your wisdom and we will get this out to as many coaches and athletes as we can.
0: Well thanks, Jim. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me and it's it's really an honor and I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of QCA one on one. Be sure to visit positivecoach.org to download more
1: podcasts.